Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So I want y'all to welcome them. He has he has a word from God. She sings. She has a word as well. So we'll see what the Holy Ghost says and does. So y'all welcome pastors Ken, Kenneth and Lynette uh, Estrada. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, uh, it's good to be back in Jersey. Actually, this is my first time back since I ministered here. Not here at this church, but in Jersey uh, 18 years ago. I know I look just 18, and um, so that's great. Man, what an honor it is to be here, to be with you. I don't plan on being with you long. Um, as you can tell, my wife already left, so um, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. You know, she hears my preaching every single week. And so she's probably like, I'm tired of hearing that. No, she probably wants to do something. But uh, what a blessing it is. Can you all give it up for your pastors? I mean, they are some of the best. You know, you can just you can just tell. And it's truly a blessing to have pastors that actually care for their church and not just care for their church, but honor the gift. I mean, for for them to barely know us, hardly know us and to treat us uh, as they have so far. It's a great honor, great privilege to be here with you guys uh, today. Um, I'll say this. Um, I'll keep talking and then we can pray here in just a little bit. But I will say this, that um, just to echo what PD was saying, and of course, give an honor to the founder. Thank you so much for trusting your son with this church. I don't, I got my own pulpit, so I don't have to be here. I don't come looking for, for anything really. Um, and I don't take every invitation. And so I'm saying that not to make it seem like I'm somebody super special or anything like that. But um, really, I'm here because I felt like the Lord had us to come with you. I, actually, when your pastor was, I think last year, reach, reached out to us. I don't know if we did anything after that or, or whatever. And then when he was in town, he had certain dates or a certain time that he was thinking about. And I was like, oh, it's, you know, that might work. We, you know, our schedule is kind of packed. But then when he said, he said, actually, I'd like you to come September. We're actually on our way to Louisiana today. And so um, I just felt impressed with the Lord that that we should be here. And um, and though I love being at my church on a Sunday morning, um, it's really an honor to minister the word whenever I get the chance to and when the Lord tells us to come. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you to be, uh, how many are ready to receive from the word today? Amen. All right, just not sure. Amen. <laughs> Anybody else ready to receive from the word today? Woo! Amen. Can you all give it up for my wife, Pastor Lynette, as she comes back into the room? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Uh, no, this is my wife, Lynette Estrada, and uh, we have been married for 16 years. And um, all 16 have been good. I've been perfect in this marriage. And she is a blessed woman. You're looking at a blessed woman. And, and so we thank God. Well, y'all ready for the word today? Yes. Amen. Can y'all stretch your hands to me? I just want us to believe God together for uh, what it is that God would have for us today. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. What an honor it is to be able to receive from you. Your word is you speaking to us. And as we get into the word today, we do value that word and we believe that you will speak to us. 
We thank you, Lord, that your word is full of life and power. And as your word is being spoken today, that life and power is being released. I'm so grateful and so honored that you would anoint me with the Holy Ghost and with power. Your word is anointed. And even as the word is being spoken, it's the anointing that destroys yokes, that lifts burdens. And so, Father, I ask you so, uh, so delicately, but yet so sincerely that you would just um, help me by your spirit. Holy Ghost, I am yielded to you. I thank you that you speak through my lips. May uh, I believe that my mouth is hooked up to my spirit and my spirit is hooked up to your mouth. And may I speak as the very oracles of God. And so we desire to hear exactly what you would have for us today. I thank you, Lord, for words from heaven, for this generation, for this time, for these people. We honor you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Well, um, a few weeks ago when your pastor was in Florida and he um, went out to we went out to lunch, you just had a pocket of time that um, it just worked out and uh, just seemed like a good brother uh, to be with and, and to be here. Oh, the Steeds, Chauncey and Leah. So nice to see you guys. Uh, some of y'all need to come to Florida more often. I mean, they, <laughs> they've been at our church a few times and y'all playing. But um, no, but when he spoke to, to me um, about it and I just had a sense as far as uh, this is a, a good thing and I was going to talk it over with my wife. Um, the Lord had already dropped in my heart what I was going to be ministering here today. And um, I just want to say this because um, I don't know you all yet and you guys don't know me. But I didn't come to impress. I'm really free. And um, I want to say this publicly. Anything that I say that is out of line, your pastor can fix it. He can stop me in the middle of my preaching. I will not be offended. I, I really honor the leadership of this house and everything. But um, I do want you to really listen with ready ears. And I believe that God is wanting to say some things to his people today. Amen. And um, and so I'm just believing God for grace to share what he's sharing with me and to give to you and to speak it. That will come forth with clarity, that will come forth understandably, that it will be received well. Because what I some of you are probably getting concerned now, because what I'm going to be sharing on it, it can it can trigger some stuff. Honestly, um, let me say it this way it can trigger your flesh. Right. But how many know that uh, we are spiritual people? Amen. We are. We are spirit. We possess soul. We live in a body. How many of you guys know Jesus? How many made him the Lord of your life? All right, cool. That's most, if not all of us. So we're all born again people. God lives on the inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles real quick to. Um, uh, let's go to Genesis chapter one. I'll start here and then we'll move from here. Genesis chapter one, verse 26. Genesis chapter one, and verse 26. And a uh, very familiar passage of scripture that you all probably know. I mean, being called Kingdom Living Ministries. But Genesis 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in what? Our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over the cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
Amen. Verse 28 says this. Well, verse 27, let's continue. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So again, verse 26, God said, let us make man after our image, right? Let us make man in our image after our likeness. And so God said, let us make man and then let them have dominion, right? He didn't say, let us make man and let us have dominion. He said, let us make man and let them have dominion. All right. So this is God's original intent. And, and here's the thing. And we're going to get somewhere with this. Um, God designed us and he created us to have dominion. He created us in his image. He said, let us make man in our image and let them have dominion. Somebody say, let them. Let them have dominion. Let's go over to Psalms chapter 8 real quick. Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. Oh, we're going to have some fun in here today, aren't we? Amen. Amen. Psalm chapter 8. And uh, it's okay if we read the Bible in church? I know it is because I saw that gigantic Bible up here just a little (laughs) bit ago. And I I mean, my Bible is intimidated right now. Like, like, my goodness. (laughs) Like, what what are you doing? (laughs) Why aren't you bigger than this? Um, Psalm chapter 8 from verse 1. And it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nurse and infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him or that you visit him? Right? Which I love that. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? I, I just believe that God just wants to spend some time with us. I mean, even the angels was like, what is it about man? I mean, how, what is it? I mean, man has let you down. Man has done all these different things. They're created beings just like we are. But what is it about man that you are mindful of him and that you visit him? Uh, verse five, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. But in the Hebrew, it actually really says Elohim, which is God. Right now, the translators, I mean, I, I don't need to share this. Your pastor is so studious. And so I don't want to even try to sound like I'm smart. Right. Um, Elohim, God himself. And so as far as as far as God is concerned now, again, the translators, I think when they translated this, they were like, surely this can't be right. I mean, that you've made us a little lower than God himself. So it goes on to say this. You have made him to have dominion. Well, actually, uh, verse five still. For you have made him a little lower than the angels, or Elohim, actually. And you have crowned him with what? Glory and and honor. You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Somebody say dominion. Dominion. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the path that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Now, what I'm going to be sharing on in my assignment here today is to talk and teach a little bit about honor. Um, why? Because it's so important that I believe that God, he actually crowned us with glory and with honor. Yeah. Today being September 11th, 
Of course, a lot of us, we, we remember, um, uh, <laughs> you were in third grade. I was in my first year at Bible college and it, it's making me feel like, <laughs> like I ain't 16 no more. Um, but we, you know, I think about it. Of course, we honor a lot of the fallen police officers, the fallen fire department, um, uh, workers and, and individuals that were in the buildings and, and all that. And honor is, honor is something that it costs you something. Uh, honor is, one definition means to respect greatly, to highly esteem. You, you don't honor and treat as common. No one has ever won, I, I think, I can't remember how many... Um, People are alive that actually have won, I mean, been awarded the Medal of Honor, but you're not uh, awarded the Medal of Honor for doing something that is just regular. It's not someone who just did their job. It's someone that has gone above and beyond the call of duty. Now, God crowned us with glory and with honor. He created us in His image. He created us after His likeness. He created us to have dominion. And so we could say it this way, there's a culture that God has in his kingdom, right? Now we understand this. Uh, before we all were born again, we were part of the kingdom of darkness. And thank God we were translated into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of his dear son. We are now part of God's kingdom. Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. In other words, he said, prior to that, he said, hey, don't, don't do, don't go searching and seeking after all these things like the Gentiles do. But listen, as you seek first the kingdom, or in other words, my way of doing things, my system, my, uh, the way that I've arranged it to be, and my righteousness, all these, I'm not trying to hold these things from you, but actually what I want to do is I want to release these things into your hands. And so God has a way of doing things. And it's important that we just follow his plans, his ways of doing things. And how many know that things will be a lot better in our lives? And so this is something that actually needs to be taught. Um, there's three institutions, if we could say it this way, that, uh, that God has ordained that we honor. Number one, there's honor in the home. Of course, that between, you know, husband and wife, like honoring each other. I'm not going to get into that right now. Then number two, there's honor in the church, right? That of um, a pastor, that of spiritual leaders, you know, leadership, you know, fivefold ministry gifts, all those different things. And then number three is that of government, right? And I know all three of these different areas are, are, are stuff that people don't necessarily want to touch on or we don't want to talk about. And deal with, but God has ordained it this way. That that relates to whoever's in office. That relates to someone that has the authority. If you and and, and here's the thing, and as parents, I believe honor begins at home. And so as parents, that's why we must teach it and we must model it to our children, right? Um, it's why we don't just let them do whatever they want to. I mean, I'm I'm a fun dad and we cut up and all those different things, but my kids must understand that. You will not dishonor your mom. You will not dishonor me. And there's been times I've gone to them and I was like, let me tell you something. That may be your mom, but that is my wife. And she was my wife first. 
and you up in here breathing my oxygen for free. Right. And so we, we just we just deal with things a certain way. You know what I mean? I know these days, you know, people frown on certain stuff, but I just I just I came. I was come up in the time where, praise the Lord, like uh, you step out of line and uh, you, uh, you praise the Lord. You know what I mean? I mean, like you had to pick your weapon of choice for your father. You know what I mean? Like go in my room and get me. You in there looking for the the skinniest and the smallest, the cheapest, you know, one of those ones that just like, you know what I mean? You go to tighten it and it pop up. My dad, I mean, was a blessed man. He didn't have any of that stuff. He had like snake skin, alligator skin, the uh, stuff from India with beads all on it. And I'm in there like, Jesus, help me. Let me find something. I mean, is there any, can I get a little cheap plastic belt, Lord? Right. And um, and not just that. So my dad was a pastor. So even on the way to church, um, my dad actually travels out of our church now. He uh, ministers all in Japan and Africa and all kinds of different places. But this Sunday he was in town. And so he's ministering at our church this morning for both our services. What a blessing. And so I, I actually learned honor from my dad, from my parents first off. Right. Uh, if I came out of line, if I got out of line, I, I was brought back in line real quick. It was to the point. So I grew up in St. Thomas, Virgin Islands. Um, any Caribbean people? Yes. All right, cool. All right, so we got some some of that, right? Um, and it was where we could not talk to our parents however we wanted to. And we didn't have to agree. But um, even if we didn't agree, we weren't allowed to be dishonorable. Amen. And so I remember a time where we were... I think there was something my dad was talking to me about. I was in high school and I didn't like it and I was not happy. And he, he knew I wasn't happy, but I would not disrespect him. And so uh, growing up in St. Thomas, we didn't have central air. So like our, our windows would be open, the screens, because you didn't want the mosquitoes coming in and all that stuff. And, um, and so I went to my room and I remember going to my room and the doors were open and I went to close my door and the wind shut that door. <laughs> Bam! And with the quickness, I jumped and I opened the door quick. I said, I'm sorry, that wasn't me. That was the wind. As, as upset as I was. And though I was bigger than my dad, I just knew. I just knew that, you know, I was just trained right. You know what I mean? I was just trained. I was taught honor. And, and so I couldn't be disrespectful. Even to this day, I can't uh, be disrespectful to an elder, to an older person. Doesn't mean that as a pastor that I don't bring correction if I need to bring correction. But here's the thing. I've taught my kids honor, not for my sake, but for their sake. Amen. Ephesians chapter uh, six, is it? Where it says, children, obey your parents of the Lord for this is right. Then verse two goes on to say, honor your father and your mother. um, For this is the first commandment with promise. Verse three goes on to say, um, for in doing so, it will be well, that it may be well with them. Right. That it may be well with them, that they that they may prosper and that it may be well. And so I teach our kids this. And I say, let me tell you something. I don't want you growing up broke or sick. And so I'm going to teach you honor. I'm not teaching it to you for my sake. I'm not teaching it to you because uh, because there's something that you can give me right now. Right now, y'all are the ones that costing a whole lot of money. Right. I got the money. You know, my boys, um, I had to. Check on some stuff because they were like, Dad, are we rich? 
And, um, and so they were telling their kids at school that we're rich and all these different things and trying to tell their kids, their friends, um, what, what kind of car we drive and all the different <laughs> stuff and, and everything. I said, let me tell you something. I said, you're not rich. <laughs> I said, I got money. <laughs> no, but they're, they're blessed as well. But I mean, I like them thinking that. I'm like, I'm like, go ahead and say it. Yeah, go ahead. Tell people your daddy rich. That is the truth. I'm rich. I'm, I'm abundantly provided for. Amen. Praise God. But I'm teaching them honor, not for my sake but for their sake, because I want it to be well with them. Now, when it comes to, I'll be honest with you, and and I'm actually on a series now in our church, and it can be very uncomfortable because it can seem self-serving. It can seem as if I'm teaching this for my sake, but the Lord told me the same way how you teach honor to your kids for their sake, you need to teach honor. In other words, you need to get, get, stop being so concerned, because I'll tell you this, I'll be honest with you, I used to have a problem where I, I felt like people had to like me. Again, I was a pastor's kid, and there's just certain pressures on pastor's kids that uh, you don't experience when you're not, unless you're like the president's kids or something like that. And um, and so I just had this this feeling like I had to impress people. I had to people had to like me. If I wasn't liked, what am I doing wrong? What is wrong with this? And and the Lord had to tell me, even in the era of, of finances, when I um, started teaching on finances and all that. I loved hearing messages on finances because I saw what it did in my life. And um, But I never wanted to deal with it or touch on it because I didn't want people thinking I was money-minded. And the Lord corrected me strongly. He said, he said, you're more concerned about what people think about you and they support your budget than you are about um, getting them the information that will change their life. Yes. And I'm saying it soft, but he was very stern and strong with it. You know, God had to get um, Abraham from the people so that he can use it to bless the people. Amen. Amen. You all following me? So, I've been planning on saying a lot of this stuff, and uh, i got a flight to catch, so I need to speed up a little bit. But um, 2 Corinthians... Chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, last week I was reading this and this just jumped out at me and I started sharing it with my wife. I actually want to read it from the New Living Translation, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'm saying that but I don't have it up. <laughs> well actually I do have it. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 3 and then I'll skip down to verse, from verse to verse 8. And it says this in verse 3, it says, We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us and no one will find fault with our ministry. This is the Apostle Paul teaching this church in Corinth, which I refer to as a jacked up church. This church has had all kinds of issues, all kinds of problems. And um, you can kind of see his heart here and what was happening and um, I don't have time to get into everything, but you can probably look at it for yourself at some point. But then verse 8, I see this plea from a spiritual father. Now, prior to that, verse 3, he was saying, listen, as a minister, I'm living in such a way. We live in such a way that no one will stumble because of us. And this is so necessary that ministers of the gospel live in such a way, conduct themselves in such a way that no one will find fault with their Ministry. Verse 8 goes on to say this. 
It says we serve God, look at this, whether people honor us or despise us. We serve God whether people honor us or despise us, whether they slander us or praise us. We are honest, but they call us imposters. We are ignored even though we are well known. We live close to death, but we are still alive. We have been beaten, but we have not been killed. Our hearts ache, but we always have joy. We are poor, but we give spiritual riches to others. We own um, nothing, and yet we have everything. Oh, dear Corinthian friends, we have spoken honestly with you, and our hearts are open to you. There is no lack of love on our part, but you have withheld your love from us. I am asking you to respond as if you were my own children. Open your hearts to us. And I, um, as I was reading this, um, I think it was two Saturdays ago. I was reading this. I wasn't planning on, on sharing this or anything like that uh, at our church. It's just, I was like, oh my goodness. I, I just felt such compassion. Now, I pastor a great church um, that loves me, and, and I thank God for that. They're very honorable and, and all that. But growing up in ministry... And also, um, I, I'm a director of like uh, a lot of different ministers um, in in our region that are Raymond graduates and all those different things. And you you know of things that go on in churches and things that pastors deal with. And I'm not saying pastors aren't perfect. I mean, the pastors are perfect. We know that none of them are perfect. I know your pastor is very close to it, you know, but um, <laughs> extremely close. Um, but the thing is, I, my heart just started to, as I was hearing this, I'm like, think about Paul and how these are people that he poured into. And again, he was saying, listen, in verse 8, he says, we serve God whether people honor us or despise us. And I started thinking about how many pastors do that, that whether they're honored, whether they're despised, they still are serving God, that when people come and people go, they're still the ones that are constant. But yet, I started thinking too about all the different pastors over the last decade that have been all of a sudden taking their lives yeah. and the pressures that has been upon them and, and all these different things. And can, can I be real with you? Um, I know we're not hearing it a lot in, in the churches of color yeah. um, as far as like them taking their lives as, as much, but there's a lot of stuff that happens in churches. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I just think back to this because, again, it must be taught at home. And if you don't teach it at home, then they're going to have to try to learn in school. And if they don't learn in school, then they're going to be taught it, you know, by police officers. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Right? That's right. And again, I'm not saying that these different institutions are perfect, but God has ordained it. As a matter of fact, three relationships that you can never allow yourself to be offended by. Number one, your relationship with God. Amen. Cannot afford to be offended by that. Number two, the relationship that you have with your spouse. Right. Oh, we get quiet in church. Jazzy, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> That's, that's what the Lord blessed me with. You can't allow to be offended by your spouse. And number three, the relationship with your pastor. And my wife and I, we have people over us in the Lord. I mean, my dad, my mom, they are overseers. Uh, they are spiritual parents as well. But also we have 
individuals in our life like uh, Pastors Mark and Trina Hankins um, that are spiritual parents and um, you know the Hagins. Uh, uh, and, and here's what I want to say. I'm not saying that you have to live a I mean, be honorable to everybody. Honor goes up. Mm -hmm. Honor goes down. Honor goes mm -hmm. towards your peers yes. as well, right? But it's such a culture that God has in his kingdom yes. that when we violate it, that things will not be well with us. And sometimes we wonder, like, why aren't things working for me? And, and, and why is it that, that, well, Lord, I'm in faith and I'm doing this and I'm believing you and I'm, I, I, I've been confessing the word and, yes. and I've, I've gone through a time of fasting and a time of prayer, but yet why aren't these things still working for me? And it's sometimes it can be located back to a place of where we've allowed dishonor to enter into our lives. And here's the thing. Let's, okay, 1 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 9. Because um, let me say this to you. Because I even asked your pastors, and they can tell you the, the truth. I said, I said, I don't want to know anything. So I'm just going to be led. By the Spirit of God. Here's the thing. I'm catching a flight soon. You don't. You don't have to like me. I, I promise you, I'll be all right. I, I promise you. I, I am blessed. I didn't come here for nothing from you, but I'm on assignment from God. Amen. Amen. Yeah, you know, there's this stuff, all kinds of stuff coming through my mind. Now you got to edit. No, no, no. Because I know you guys don't really know me, so you don't know my heart with this. So I'm, I'm trying to be careful with things while still giving you what the Lord has for you today. Y'all doing all right? First Thessalonians chapter 4. I think I might start to speed up a little bit. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse, uh, verse 9 to verse 12. I'll read from the New King James. It says, But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. And indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So this church um, in Thessalonica was actually doing better with their love walk than the church in Corinth, right? That's why Paul had to teach them about love in Corinth and had to write, you know, those love scriptures that we should be meditating on every day. First Corinthians 13 from verse four to verse eight, uh, amplified love is patient, love is kind, love, I mean, love suffers long, you know, and all, all those different things. Um, but here in Thessalonica, he's saying, hey, you, you're doing good. He said, hey, we, um, Concern, brotherly love, no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. He said, and indeed you do so toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. So this might be like this church here in, where are we, Perth Amboy? Is that how you pronounce it? In Jersey, let's just say Jersey, right? Um, he says this, he says, but we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more. So it tells us then that even though you might be doing good, even though you guys might be doing good at the honor that you show your pastors, there's still room for improvement. Yeah. Right. 
Even though you might be doing good with the honor that you show one another as husband and wife and, and, and the honor that you show towards your parents and the honor that you show towards governmental officials and, and, and authority, you know what I mean? There's still room for improvement. We can increase more and more, right? So he's urging you that you increase more and more and that you aspire to lead a quiet life. I love, I love this verse here. Allah say with me, to mind your own. Somebody say, mind your own business. Come on, I mean, I, I'm like, that's my verse right there. I, I just want you to mind your own business, right? Uh, to lead a quiet life, that you mind your own business and to work with your own hands as we commanded that you may walk properly toward those who are outside. And look at this, and that you may lack nothing. That you may lack nothing. That you may lack nothing. Now, of course, he's talking about working with your hands and all these different things. But I think, too, that the way that you love and the way that you honor has a lot to do with whether you lack or whether you have. I'm sharing with you things that, that I've put into practice in my life that I can attribute to my success and also with the places that the Lord has been taking me. Because already you guys can tell I'm not the greatest orator that there is. So it's not my speaking ability. It's not because I'm so charismatic. And um, you know, I know you see this specimen in front of you, but it's not because of it's not because of my good looks. It's not because of, you know, how fit I am and and, and all these different things. It's not it's not because of all of that. Um, I'm just a, you know, I was just a, a kid from the Virgin Islands. I grew up in the Virgin Islands that a tiny island where it's what? 32 square miles. And how can God take this young kid that is so goofy and yet take him across the world and preach before thousands of people? And, and, and listen, numbers don't bother me. I've traveled across the ocean and spoke to six people, and I've also traveled far to speak to thousands of people. But it's not because of my ability. It's, it's actually, I am a good example of how God shows the foolishness of this world to confound the wise. But what I have done is I have endeavored to live a life of honor. Now, I, 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 I'm still not there. I'm still yes. constantly working on how can I get better? Right. How can I do better with the way that I treat people, with the way that I treat those over me in the Lord? Um, let's, go to, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 to verse 13. Just a little over. And it says, And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you to do what? To esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So now, even when it comes to that of a pastor, because obviously we're talking about, because I, I don't have time, I'm talking about honoring the church right now. Y'all okay? Everybody's good? So we honor everybody, but then when it comes to a ministry gift, now again, I'm not saying to you every single person that you do this, but you recognize those relationships that God has brought into your life, and you endeavor to, I'm going to honor that relationship, right? So for me, I told you, for me, that's my parents. I honor them as my natural parents. 
That's a big key. They weren't perfect. But you know what? The Bible doesn't say they're perfect that you're honoring them. I'm not perfect as a husband. But it doesn't say if I'm perfect that my wife honored me. My wife, she's extremely perfect. And so it's why it's easy for me to honor her. Um, it's easy for me to honor her. No, she's not perfect either, but even though she's not perfect, I'm still required to show her honor. Right? So I have my parents, but they're also my spiritual parents. I have um, I have Margaret Trey Hankins. Um, spiritual parents, I have Pastors Kenton and Hagen. You know, uh, th these are relationships that I've, right? I mean, I have peers as well, friends that I honor, but I mean as far as over me and the Lord. So what I do is I, I recognize those and I do my best to honor them. And honestly, you know, people will say things like, oh, you know, I, I honor, but really you can respect with words, but if you're going to honor it, it's, it costs something. Right. That's why the Bible says, honor the Lord with your substance. Yes. And with the first words, right? So you can respect. There's people that, you know, oh, I honor you, Lord. No, you might respect him. But it's not truly honor until it costs you something. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first. Not what's left over. With, you know, the first. The, uh, So honor is something that, honestly, in our culture, we don't see it quite that often anymore. Right, right. And with every generation, it seems to get a little bit worse. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Worse. When I went to school, we couldn't fight with the teacher. As a matter of fact, if I got in trouble at school, I got in trouble at home. Yeah. It wasn't just where my parents showed up at the school just to defend me and all those different things. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, I know that I'm not. Man. But now people show up and they're fighting the teacher and they, you know, fighting the principal and all kinds of different stuff. And, and it's because there's no honor being taught at home. So now in the church, so we honor every relationship. But then the thing is, is that they are, um, it, the Bible is saying that now when it comes to, in the kingdom of God, when it comes to those that labor among you in the Lord, it says that we esteem them very highly. Is that what your Bible says? So it says, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Here's the thing. You can't really honor the Lord without honoring supernatural relationships. Let me say this to you. If you don't have any old friends, something is wrong with you. If you don't have any new friends, well, we've actually located the problem, haven't we? If you're saying I don't have any, it's probably because you haven't made yourself available to be a friend right. to be that relation that somebody needs and and here's the thing and I heard this from 
uh, Pastor Mark Higgins, he says, you know, when God wants to do something supernatural in your life, he'll bring a supernatural relationship into your life. Now, the same way, when the devil wants to do something in your life, he'll bring a supernatural relationship in your life. Right? And sometimes you might find it in church. Uh, excuse me, but this I'm sure this is a great church. I'm, I'm sure. We're like the church of Thessalonica. I mean, we, we no need that we talk to you about this. You know this. God himself teaches you. But I'm just telling you, there's room for improvement. Right. That we increase. As a matter of fact, let's go to Numbers chapter 12 real quick. Numbers chapter 12. What time do we get out of here? Don't play with me like that. <laughs> Numbers chapter 12. Is there a Jets game today? Y'all don't watch the Jets? Oh, look at my brother. Don't don't hold your head down to shame. Okay, all right. At some point. One o'clock. At some point, we come back strong. Actually, um, yeah, I was gonna say we still love Jets. Curtis Martin actually, um, he didn't come to over, did he? No, it's our dad's church. Little name drop, you know. <laughs> we got his number. We don't call him though. <laughs> Do you all even know who Curtis Martin is? <laughs> Husbands, help your wives. What they now? Oh my gosh! How are you in Jersey and you don't know who Curtis Martin is? Okay. Honor begins at home, for a man. Man, come on, let's. He said that one, number one. Oh, oh my gosh. Google it. Like, running back for the Jets. I mean, I know it's like. Oh, we are in 2022. Wow. Gosh. Okay, where does it turn to? Let's make sure you're paying attention. Numbers 12. Um, in verse 1, let's just read this. It says, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. So again, this Miriam and, Moses, uh, and Aaron, they're Moses' siblings. You know, they're the leaders in um, over all the Israelites, right? And um, they didn't like the fact that he married somebody with a little color you, you know what I mean some natural stuff but then it says so they said has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses has he not spoken to, through us also and, the, and look at this and it says what and the Lord what the Lord heard it the Lord heard it so here it is they're saying things like I mean we're used of God too yeah. I mean, God speaks to me. Yeah, come on. Is Moses the only one that hears from God? Don't we hear from him too? Aren't we used of God too? Aren't we anointed? Sounds familiar for our times. I mean, I know the Holy Ghost for myself. I got God living on the inside of me. I mean, who is he? Who is 
She. Because, see, what you treat as common, you don't honor. Right. And what you don't honor, you cannot receive from. Right. So, notice that the Lord heard it. So the Lord heard it. And now the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who are on the face of the earth. Verse 4, suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, come out you three to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both went forth. This is even opposite to how God would normally do things. And, and, and my thing is, and we'll see here, that God did not like it so much because in his kingdom, he does not tolerate dishonor. Yes. So now he even overrode the way that he would normally talk with them. And he said, hey, you three, come on. And then he called out Moses, I'm sorry, he called out, uh, what's her name? Miriam and Aaron, and they both went forward, and he said, Hear now my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream, and not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. When, I mean, look at this. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? So the anger of the Lord aroused against them, and he departed. So now here it is. They do hear from God, but God is coming to bring some correction because he's like, why weren't you even scared? Why weren't you afraid to talk about my servant? When I placed him in this position of authority, you might not like him. You might not agree with him. You might not like all the decisions that he makes. But I'm telling you that we will not tolerate this culture of dishonor in my kingdom. How do we know that? So it says, um, the anger of the Lord was aroused against him and he departed. And the cloud, uh, when the cloud departed from above the tabernacle, suddenly Mary became leprous and white as snow. Then Aaron turned toward Miriam, and there she was, a leper. Verse 11, and so Aaron said to Moses, Oh, my Lord, please do not lay this sin on us in which we have done foolishly, in which we have sinned. Please don't let it be as one dead whose flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. So Moses, and this is why God says Moses was more humble than any other man. Yeah. See, because in some circles, they'll be like, ha, you see, touch not mine anointed. <laughs> you had it coming. <laughs> the nerve of you. No, but he was still so merciful. He was still, it says, so Moses cried out to the Lord saying, please, healer, oh God, I pray. Now, I noticed something that here it is. Mo, uh, Aaron and Miriam, they were saying that we hear from God too, but why weren't they calling out to God for themselves? Oh, yeah. Why all of a sudden you want to notice and be like, Moses, please don't do this, don't right. do this. I didn't do it. Right, right. You did. <laughs> and so Moses cried out to the Lord. But look at verse 14. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? In other words, the culture here at this time was when... Um, when there was a dis, when there was dishonor to the parents, the parents made spit in their face, and as a result, there they would be. I mean, the father would spit in that child's face, and then as a result, what would happen is they would be, they would have to be out of the camp because they would be considered now unclean. So God is saying this. He said, if her father had but spit in her face, would she not be shamed seven days? And then He says, let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and afterwards she may be received again. So Miriam was shut out of the camp seven days. And look at this. And the people did not journey till Miriam was brought in again. 
sometimes our dishonor not just hinders us, but it could hinder the whole tribe from moving forward. And here's what God was saying, and I believe this is what God didn't want to tolerate. There's so much that, like he said, hey, even if this happened, she'd be out the camp for seven days. I believe that God wanted it to be that we're not going to allow this thing to continue. And so sometimes when you recognize this honor among somebody else, I've always said this, but well, I say always. I've said this before. That whenever somebody starts talking about somebody else negatively, I question their integrity. Right. But then what I do after that is I question my own integrity, why they thought, why they felt so comfortable saying it to me. Right. So then now I'm questioning like, well, I question my integrity. Why would you think that you could talk to me negatively about my pastor? Right. I'm telling you things that I've practiced. I, I mean, I, when I was at Raymond, they used to call me Mr. Raymond, but it was not a term of endearment. It was actually mockery because um, there would be individuals that would talk bad about the Hagens, talk bad about Pastor Hagen, talk bad about Craig Hagen, and, and uh, Pastor Craig Hagen and all these different things, and I would not let it happen. I would defend it. I didn't know them personally like that, but I'd be like, no, we, we, you're about to do this in front of me. I would not let, and so they were, oh, oh, so you missed the <laughs> Right? But I would not tolerate that because honor is so necessary, so important. And so I'm not saying that we just excommunicate people, but when there's dishonor, sometimes you should, let me just separate myself a little bit. You know why? Because dishonor is so contagious. Yes. It's, unfortunately, is more contagious than honor is. Yeah. Wow. Yes. So So good. And so God, he took it so serious that he's like, how dare you talk? You didn't have to agree with him. Right? You don't, you don't have to agree with with when there's a president in office, even if you don't like them, That's you right. still honor the office. That's right. That's right. Police officers, even if you don't like them, right. even if you've been, pro we, I don't want to say we've all have, but I, I've been profiled. I've, I've had things happen, but you know what? Through it all. Yes, sir. Yeah. No, sir. Yeah. Come on. Yes. Come on. Now. You know, with my parents, I didn't always agree with them. I still don't always agree with them, but still to this day, I still honor them. Right. Yes. Why well, I want it to be well with me. Right. Yes. 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 Let's go to Mark 6. March of six. I know this isn't a preach you happy type of thing. You know, really, my heart would be like, Lord, can I just come and just like bring a preaching? A, come on, if you ain't got no skip here, he'll be a peanut butter. If you ain't got no smokers, he'll be a jelly. And you know, and all this. I just want to make them laugh, Lord. I want to come and encourage them. I want to, you know, I'd love to be invited back again. I, you know. <laughs> You know, be like, well, you, my pastor might invite you back again, but y'all find out. Oh, I ain't going back to that. That's not, I don't got that whooping. I'm being very gentle right now. I really am. I got one of them cheek belts. You know what I mean? 
March of the six. <sighs> We're just flowing with him. Y'all sure you're doing all right? Anybody, anybody ever seen? I know this is not nothing you don't know. This is all simple. This is all things. But I'm just saying to you that these are things that are prudent to practice that I, I can attest to that has been a major part of the increase that I've experienced in my life. Um, the blessing of the Lord that I have with the relationships that I have and everything like that. It, it really has been. And I grew up in ministry, so I've seen the bad. I've seen the I've had people wrong me even as a pastor. And yet, still chose to honor them. And honestly, the ones that didn't treat me right, then some of them aren't even in ministry. Marriages have failed. Lost their children. I'm talking about they were up and coming. It's not about the charisma. See, charisma can open doors for you, but character is what will keep you there. That's why I have people in my life that holds me accountable. That's why I have my wife to always keep me grounded. Always. I mean, she's like an Old Testament prophet. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, girl, we under, you know, you can be a little merciful. Like, we are in this dispensation of grace now. Like, <laughs> got anointed to call you out. Mark 6. Jesus here, very familiar passage of scripture. Um, he's back with his in his hometown. In verse 1 it says, Then he went out from there and came to his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this? What wisdom is this given to him? That such works, such mighty works are performed by his hands. Is this not Carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were what? Offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except when he laid his hands on the sick people and heal them. And verse 16 of this, it says, And he marveled because of their unbelief that he went about the villages in the circuit teaching, which was the cure. So this is why it must be taught, right? Um, and here's the thing. Jesus was literally limited by what he could do because the people refused to honor him, right? To them, Jesus was just a regular person. I notice that unbelief is always connected to dishonor, right? It's 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 this it's, it's connected to dishonor. Honor will always require appropriate action and appropriate attitude. Okay, it's not just about the action. 
Yes. But it's an attitude yes. as well. Right. For instance, if you, you tell your kids, take out the trash. Yeah. Well, what if they did? They took out the trash, but they kicked the trash can yeah. on the way out. I'm tired of taking out the trash. You're not going to be like, oh, that's my son. Yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at how honorable he is. <laughs> no, some, oh, some of y'all like pressurizing already like, ooh, child. Baby. Right? No, because it, it requires not just the action, but it requires the, the necessary and the proper attitude with it. So even like when we come to church, y'all, we don't show up like, well, y'all just better be happy I'm here. Jesus said this in John, I think it's John chapter 12. He said, he said, if anyone wants to follow me, or if anyone wants to serve me, they must follow me. And he says, and my father will honor those that serve me. So when we're serving God, and we serve God through, um, through other people, you can look it up for me, I think it's John 12. We, um, might be John 12 verse 26 or something like that. When, we, when, we, when we're serving people, when we're serving in our church, when we're serving our pastors, when we're serving, we're really serving God. You're not doing it for them, or, or you shouldn't be. Because I've been there with people like, well, I did this for you, and blah, blah, blah. 1226, John 1226. So y'all can write it down and look at it a little bit later. So, you know, and, and, and you didn't show up at my child's ball game. Yeah, come on. Well, for one, I didn't ask you to do that for me. I mean, surely the Bible says everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. I, I would trust that you're not doing it because you're just trying to be noticed of me. Because your, your reward don't come from me anyway. Your reward comes from the Lord. Promotion comes from God. And how does that come? Well, after you, when you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, then he will exalt you in due time. And so here it is. What I say, honor always requires appropriate action and attitude. And here's the thing, and here's what we notice from this. That the anointing will not flow in an atmosphere of dishonor. Right. Let me say it again. The anointing will not flow in an atmosphere of dishonor. I'm gonna start to close out now. Y'all um y'all want me to take a handheld mic or you good? Good. The anointing will not flow in an atmosphere of dishonor. If you don't learn to take honor seriously, you risk cutting the work of God out of your life. Um, what we need to do is we need to value honor. I have some stuff here. Let me read it. Value honor at the same level that God does. And what it'll do is it'll produce a harvest of blessings in your life. If honor for the gift of God is absent, in other words, in a supernatural relationship, Right? If honor for the gift of God is absent, that person, or in other words, that gift of God, cannot function supernaturally. You cannot receive revelation and anointing from a person that you criticize. That attitude actually hinders them from functioning in their office. As a matter of fact, none of the ministry gifts can function in full measure without honor. 
So what happens is when you show honor to that ministry gift, it allows the gifts to move more freely. You receive the word better. You receive revelation knowledge. You receive healing, so forth and so on. Um, something else that I was taught was one time the Lord said to Pastor Mark Hankins, he said, there are some things that I want to say to you that I'm not going to tell you because I've told it to somebody that you're supposed to be in a supernatural relationship with, and so you're going to have to get it from them. Right. Let me, let me say it again. Let me break it down a little bit. Because I know we all know the Holy Ghost. Come on, God leads me. He directs me and, you know, all these different things. Question, how many of y'all have grown since coming to Kingdom Living? Right? So you've, you've grown, you've, you've increased, you've gotten some revelation that you didn't quite know before that, yeah, right? Yeah. Now, now, part of the reason why, nobody talking to you, girl? Part of the reason why is, um, is that, what was she pulling? Revelation something. I don't know. Part of the reason why is, um, part of the reason why is that it's not that you don't know the Holy Ghost for yourself, but you recognize the voice of your pastor as that of your shepherd. And and as a result, then there's some things that God has given him for you that I'm not going to tell you, you would not have gotten it had it not been for that relationship. Right. So I'll say it again. The Lord said it to him this way. He said, there's some things that I want to say to you that I'm not going to tell you um, because I've told it to somebody that you're supposed to be in a supernatural relationship with. Yeah. And if I've told it to them, you're going to have to get it from them. Right. But here's the thing is if we live a life of dishonor, because again, what you treat as common, you don't honor. And, and, and if you're not honoring, if you don't show honor and respect to that office, even when you don't agree with them, Especially when you don't, then what happens is it will not, it won't allow the gifts to move more freely. Bless you. I know this is uncomfortable just uh, standing here. It's not that I don't have stuff to say. I'm really just. I'm taking my time as I'm closing. I'm closing. Hallelujah. You know, this is even different uh, for me right now, but I just sense that there's a there's an adjustment in our hearts that we need to make. Um and even for some, it's almost like a warning where if you don't make certain adjustments, there's some things that aren't going to quite work out properly for you. Notice that Jesus, the Son of God, probably needs to go back up. Jesus, the Son of God, had all power. I mean, the healer himself is there in Nazareth. And not that he would not. The Bible says he could not do any mighty work there. He could not. 
He was hindered. He was limited. They could not receive what he had on the inside of them. He was carrying something for them, and they weren't able to receive what he was carrying for them because they treated him as common. Because they did not recognize what it was. They saw him as just a man. Oh, that's just Joseph and Mary's baby. That's just, that's just, I mean, he's just like us. Oh, PD, you know, he one of us. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, I appreciate you, PD, and, and all these different things. And, and um, I'm not saying, just in case, let's say this isn't happening right now, but just in case in the future you're tempted to. I, I have, can I take one more scripture? One more scripture, let's go here real quick. One more scripture. First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. I think it's something that we have to be very careful about. Very, extremely careful. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, you're you good church. You're listening well. Praise God. First Timothy chapter 5, verse, um, verse 17. says, Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So, when it comes to... Okay, let me keep reading. Especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. So now, it's being established, and Paul is teaching his son of the faith, Timothy. He said, hey, let those who... So, we honor everybody, but those, the elders, the, the pastors, those, those that, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching, are worthy of what? Double honor. Not just the same amount of honor. But double honor. Yeah. And I know, and again, like I said at the beginning, this can trigger some stuff because there have been some abuse in the church. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And so I'm not, I, I probably should have said that from the beginning, maybe some people would have been able to receive this a little bit better. So I'm not saying that there is, and I know that, you know, especially now with church milk and all these different things and, and stuff going out there and people complain like, oh, you ain't, you ain't bought me, uh, my, you know, my, my, my yeah, y'all, y'all, oh, so y'all started to. That's why y'all broken, y'all ain't got nothing, blah, 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 blah. Right? So you do live yourself, you live your life in a way that your ministry will, but it doesn't mean then that because of that that we should shy away from it. Just because there's extreme grace doesn't mean that we should never talk on grace. Just because there's extreme in prosperity doesn't mean that we should never teach on prosperity. Just because there's extreme in all these other things doesn't mean that we should not touch these different subjects. Just because there's been extreme in the subject of honor doesn't mean that we should not touch it and we should go so far away from it. Yes. And I'll tell you this, as pastors, we are tempted to like, oh, mm, let me go away from it because I don't want to be associated with that. But this is still part of the gospel. This is still part of what God wants in his kingdom and he wants us to get things right so that way, you know, because here's what it is, is we're out of alignment and as soon as we get into that position, then all of a sudden, it's like a satellite dish, you know what I mean? Like, like, oh, what's wrong? I mean, well, they ain't doing something right. No, no, no. They sending out the signal. It's just that you got your dish 
in the wrong position, if you just make a slight adjustment, then that signal was always there the whole time, but all of a sudden now you have the ability to receive what God has for you and what has already been available for you. Now it can be downloaded into your spirit. And what God has. Was Jesus the problem? No. He had the authority. He's cleansing lepers. He's healing the sick. But yet he comes to his own people and he starts seeing them as common and starts treating them as common. And he could, he still tried. It's not that he was offended like, I can't believe y'all did this. He still tried. No, brother, I believe Jesus could do anything he wants to. It said he could not that he would not he could not Now it doesn't stop the power of God. It just stopped them from receiving the power It just caused a short circuiting of their ability to receive what God had for them. I wonder how many things we're missing out on I wonder what you and I could be missing out on because of these different things so again Kind of worthy of double honor. Amplify says, let the elders who perform the duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support, especially those who labor faithfully in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it is shredding out the grain. And again, the labor is worthy of his hire. Message says, give a bonus to leaders who do a good job, especially the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching. Scripture tells us don't muzzle a working ox and a worker deserves his pay. Now, again, I told you, I've recognized certain relationships in my life. I'm not saying that you have to do this, but uh, I said pick up from among you the, the ones that you recognize as that. One would definitely be a pastor. So, like, for instance, for me, would that be my parents? Um, I remember, man, years ago is when I used to, like, dress down to the nines, you know what I mean? I always wanted some um, some ostrich skin shoes. Is it ostrich skin? Yeah, ostrich skin shoes. And um, somebody had bought me, uh, actually Pastor Mark Hankins, this is the last time I was here in Jersey. When we went to New York, he bought me some Meslins, um, like $800 pair of shoes, some gator skin on it. So I was like, well, I can't go back to wearing this cheap stuff. <laughs> so I'm here saving up and believing God for some ostrich skin shoes. And right when I'm getting ready to buy them shoes, the Lord said to me, he said, you think you should have some ostrich skin shoes and your dad don't have no ostrich skin shoes? Said, Lord, he got like 300 shoes already, <laughs> right? And he, he had a lot of shoes. He grew up poor, so he didn't have shoes growing up. So like shoes is his, his thing, you know? Um, so I went and I bought it for him. And it wasn't that expensive. It was like 400 bucks. Um, but for me back then, that was a lot. That was like, that was like a few thousand, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I bought it for him. And you know what? I'm glad I did because then the Lord honored me because soon after, I received two pairs of Oscar skin shoes. I was like, praise the Lord. Right? I didn't have to do it. You know, it's not like he needed it. But I recognize that um, we just celebrated our 15-year anniversary as a church um, two years ago, and I was looking at these some watches that were a few thousand dollars each. Um, I like nice things. The Lord has been good to me. But I live a life of 
blessing others as well, right? So I'm not trying to make it seem like, you know, I'm not flashy, I'm not, <laughs> you know. Um, but a few years ago, so, and I was looking at it and I was like, I was kind of wanting to reward myself. Like, man, this would be nice to have. And then I said to my wife, I said, because um, I felt the brother, I said, honey, I said, instead of buying something for myself, I said, I want to honor my dad and my mom. You know, they trusted us with this church. They sent us out um, to do this. So um, for our 15-year church anniversary, we bought them some rattle watches, and they were each like a few thousand uh-huh. each or whatever. And man, what a blessing it was to present it to them and say, thank you so much for for trusting me. Thank you so much for believing in me. Thank you. You know, they felt honored. My dad, I mean, he just started wearing it the whole time. He's like, I can't take it off. He felt so honored. You know what I mean? Um, the Hankins, the same thing. We, we just, we, we do that. We, um, though we're past my own church, though we've spoken in large conferences, like next week we're going to Louisiana, you know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be receiving, but at the same time, we're there to serve. So, um, uh, I spoke at Rings Camp meeting last year, but then this year I, I wasn't a speaker, but I, I still showed up, you know, to support the Hagans. But Pastor Mark Hankins, uh, his wife, Ms. Trina, couldn't be there, and he's speaking. And so um, I found out that she requested that I help with singing. Now I don't sing. <laughs> I don't like. I mean, my wife. You know, I'm I'm what you would call the C team. In other words, like, you know, when she's in town at a, maybe a small church or something like that, and we're, we're there to, like, I don't see anybody else, so you can do, right? Like, not even the B team. I mean, my wife, she's a worship leader, all those different things. So when I found that, because at Raymond, they got all these kinds of, all, all sorts of singers. And so when I found that um, I was in the text message list to, like, hey, here's the songs we're singing, I said, um... I said, did you text me by accident? And the person that was in charge, he said, no. He said, Ms. Trina specifically asked for you. And I was like, I said, I don't have to. But you know what? As uncomfortable as it is for me, because it's not my comfort zone, I don't, I don't like to. I really would prefer not to. But because I wanted to serve them, I made myself available. And, and you know what? Man, we had a blowout service. The glory fell in that place hit that platform, hit the whole, I mean, like, like we had never experienced before. And different things happening with, um, there were times too where he's ministering at a large church and I'm gonna be in the area because the Lord gave me some instructions as far as following closely, praying for him, supporting financially and some different things. So, I, you know, being obedient. So found that they were gonna be a few hours south of me and, and so I said, hey, I said, I called the office, I said, I'm gonna, this was about 10 years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago. I said, hey, I'm gonna be at the area, in the area. If there's anything I can do to help, let me know. And the office called me back, they said, you know what? They said, can you run our product table for me, for, for us? I said, sure, I'd be honored to. Knowing good and well, that's when my pastor friends are gonna be there. And we're gonna say something about it. You know, pride tries to set in. And so I'm running the product table and pastor friends of mine, they're walking by and they're like, what are you doing back there? I said, I'm just happy to serve. 
So when we show up and we see them, we put something in their head. We don't let birthdays go by. We don't let Father's Day and, and, and you know, Christmas and different stuff. And just um, because they're worthy of double honor. And people will say things like, but they're better off than you. I want to keep it that way. So I'm going to do my best to keep it that way. And here's the thing, because I remember when I didn't have much. And I didn't wait until I had more before I started doing it. I started doing it when I didn't have much. And now I'm at a place where I got a little bit more. And so I can do a little bit more. And do a little bit better. The Hagans were just with us. I didn't announce this or anything like that, but Pastor Hagan is 80. He just turned 83. And this was something I wanted to do for his dad. I traveled on the road with Brother Hagan, Dad Hagan. I don't know if you guys know who that is or not, but had the great honor to travel on the road with them. Wanted Dad Hagan to come to my dad's church in St. Thomas, but he went on to glory that same year. Well, it just hit me. I was like, my gosh, Pastor's like 80 something. So I called him last year. I said, I said, hey, Pastor, I said, listen, if you ever want to do something, um, you can use my church. He said, actually, I was just getting ready to call you. He said, you're on my list. And so I said, I'll be honored to. He shows up. And the first night, hey, he didn't know this, but I had to talk to somebody. I was like, I want to make a budget. Just as soon as he comes. So that way, everything else goes to right. It costs something. Because I don't want you coming, because my church is not that huge, right? But I want you to understand that we did our best. And we want you to be happy that you came and blessed. And so everything else. So that way you can go to help train more ministers and all that. I want to honor the gift of God that is on the inside of you. So we did that. But some of you are like, oh, I give that to the church. But then I said, no, 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 we're not going to do that. So I went and bought his, he was 82 at the time, bought him some Yeezys. <laughs> I kid you not. I found out he had a pair. And so, I, and he liked it. So I called his, um, I, I sent a text message to his son and daughter. I was like, hey, you think your dad would like another pair of Yeezys? They said, yeah. <laughs> so um, went, found a place. It was like $500 for those Yeezys. And we bought his watch and jewelry. Now don't share this with anybody, okay? This is not to brag. Look, anything, I mean, you share it if you want to, I'm just saying. Um, but you know what? When he came in my office, I say, Pastor Hagen, Mrs. Hagen, we're so happy that you're here. We just wanted to bless you with this. He was like, oh, I've got to stop, not do the voice. But he was so blessed. <laughs> and, <laughs> man, man. No, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but he was like, he was telling his grandson, he's like, hey, you hold on to this. Don't, you know, don't don't let it out your sight. Like, you know, and he was so honored and so blessed um, that we didn't just do the ministry, but we did this. See, because a lot of people think that the Bible says that God gave sheep rock unto man. No, he gave gifts unto man, and those gifts were not sheep rock. They were some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. For the equipping of the saints. Sheepbox can't pray for you in the hospital. Sheepbox don't give you uh, revelation. Sheepbox is not the one that's that, uh, that's that's doing all these different things. It's your pastor. That's up at night. That whether we are honored or despised, we still serve God. Amen. But what could it do in your life? 
rules, you just make adjustments. If you just get to a place and say, Lord, I'm not doing this to be seen, I'm doing this as unto you. I may not agree with them, but Lord, I'm still going to honor them as I would you. Because we're not trying to dishonor God. But you can't honor God while dishonoring supernatural relationships. Amen. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We thank you for this time that we had today. And Lord, for speaking to your people. We're so blessed that you would love us enough to share this with us. And that we can make the adjustments. Just heard this. I'm not going to call anybody up, but but right there in your seat. Um, I just heard this. It's like somebody's making that adjustment. And I heard this that as you do, you'll see that within the next few days, something supernatural will take place in your life. It's, it's that serious. That God will even, well, well, I mean, it's like He's crediting you just for making the decision that I'm going to do that. I'm going to do better at that. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to let go of my pride. I'm going to let go of my hurt. I'm going to move on. And Lord, I'm going to do this as unto you. So, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your anointing that is here. The anointing to destroy yokes. Places where there were burdens. Places where there were things that had us bound. We declare that we are free from it. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, If you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.